Blimey. This is one out of a jam jar, you got here. House of Mystery contains demons, angels, elementals, magicians, wizards, apparitions, adult language, and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not enter the House of Mystery. All right, then. I'm at the show. All right, hello. Welcome, everyone, to the House of Mystery, the John Constantine and Friends podcast. I don't know what's happening lately. I'm forgetting the name of... (laughs) The, the House show. of Mystery. The House of Mystery. We're traveling through oblivion at breakneck speeds, Dave. Are you ready for this? Oh, yeah. I'm ready and waiting. Let's uh, dodge the dead bodies. I'm sorry for killing people. <laughs> but listen, it happens once you enter the House of Mystery. It makes you go mad and crazy. All right, so you and I today are here to discuss Tom Taylor's deceased sequel, Deceased Dead Planet. You might ask why it's not part of the regular content you guys cover. It's not magical, and it's not. It's not necessarily magical or overly magical, and it's not connected to the occult as most of the other content we cover. But it is appropriate content for this show because John Constantine <laughs> has a part to play in the sequel series, as does Zatanna and Swamp Thing. So I feel like it's very much appropriate, right? Oh, absolutely. Now, we're not going to spend a lot of time on all the different characters because this is the House of Mystery. For the purpose of this discussion, we are going to be focusing most of our discussion points on John And the story as it pertains to him. Yes. And once the Tana and Swamp Thing make their appearances, we will also focus on the two of them. And we're going to do this continually throughout the run of Deceased Dead Planet. We will be covering each issue. Now, I'm I'm not sure if we will continue to cover each individual issue. We may skip a month and then... Catch up by doing issues two, three, four together. We'll see. Depends on scheduling and what the world of John Constantine looks like. Because as I said during our last broadcast, the year of John Constantine seems to be 2020. There's just so much content coming out pertaining to him. Oh, yeah. And that's a good thing. I'm not complaining. But we have to pick and choose and figure out what we're going to cover and what will be uh, more worth covering. When it comes to our listeners, what do they want to listen to us talk about? What do I want to talk about? More importantly, Dave, I don't want to be bored behind the microphone. I want to enjoy myself. Yeah. In fact, I might uh, even be angry. No, be angry. I don't want to be angry. In fact, I might end up reviewing some Zatanna fan fiction. You know, (laughs) don't judge me. Maybe some Zatanna slash fiction where she has a relationship with Swamp Thing. Oh, there's a lot of green tentacles going. John Constantine is cuckold in the back. <laughs> because that's his that that's pretty much his destiny right there. Listen, that I just wrote something and that's pretty steamy. Oh, someone right now is obviously writing it. Yeah, they're just like, whoa, this is fucking good stuff. I'm gonna <laughs> write this down. Give me a second here. Constantine watches. <laughs> Constantine fade in. Constantine is crying cuckold in the corner. Cuckold in the while corner. Swamp Thing roots himself inside of Zatanna. <laughs> You're a sicko, Dave. (laughs) Why would you come up with disgusting filth like that? You should be ashamed of yourself. Hey, it's just part of the human race. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm super soaked. 
to see. Not, am I super soaked? Maybe. <laughs> After hearing that. I can't think straight. No, I'm super stoked to see how all of this is going to turn out. This is a big story. This is the summer blockbuster film of comic events. It's very high concept. Zombies, superheroes, explosions, fast cars, hot women, hot dudes. I mean, Deceased was the best-selling DC comic title in May of 2019. You look at the charts, it was, I believe we covered it during a, an episode of Comic Book Chaos for our Patreon subscribers, right? Yeah. And at that time, when we covered it, wasn't it the top-selling comic book period at that time? Oh, the first absolutely. One? Yeah, the first series was super popular when it came out, and yeah. it... it there was like Don't zero quote me on that listeners, but I'm pretty sure it was record breaking. Yeah, there was zero expectations of it. And then when everyone took the chance or a chance and time to actually read this, read the story, they figured they realized that Tom Taylor is the is one of the best writers out there, especially with in regards to his work with. Franchises within DC that don't have to deal with the main universe. He's definitely high concept. Like he definitely has a knack for the the big, the almost big like events. Elseworlds, almost like Elseworld titles. Because like he's his work like in, a Michael Bay meshed with Steven Spielberg meshed with James Cameron. Like that's the he's the yeah. comic version of that. Just very big, high concept explosions, explosions. and excitement and like. His work in Injustice, yeah, yes, he's see, the reason exactly. why he's the, he's the reason why Injustice this the the comic book series went on for like I think they're up to three or four seasons, yeah, and people have actually stated up to this point Injustice is actually more popular than the actual video game it's based on, <laughs> <laughs> and and like when people saw Deceased they immediately just threw it in the threw it in the been because they were like going oh it's zombies all over again zombies and oh marvel did this so dc's copying it but when you actually give it time and i, I gotta say dc did what, it better yeah tom taylor did a fantastic job especially a, with those goddamn variants he, those variant covers that make all of us just go broke yeah especially since as funny as, you, as it sounds that you bring up the fact that tom taylor is like a blockbuster movie dir director type mm-hmm all the popular variants, all the popular variants of DC based on films, yeah. based on films. Yep. This particular one is uh, my favorite by far because it's based on one of my favorite films of all time, Blade Runner. And it is a gorgeous cover, but that's not to say like the original, the original uh, covers from the very first series weren't amazing either. They had, it's amazing. The homages they played to it. And, just like you said, Tom Taylor just has a knack of taking a very high concept and coming out with a really good narrative. Yeah, that's I, just it's not exciting. Just it's not explosion. I mean, this isn't you know books of magic level. No, right? No, 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 no. It's it, it's good. It's, it's good. It, it's fun. Okay, here's here's the sales. DC was the best selling DC Comics title in May 2019 with comic book stores ordering three times as many copies as they did of Batman and over twice as many copies as Doomsday Clock. Yep. Not to mention the trade paperbacks now as well. The oh, yeah. collected versions of those things. All they're all I believe there's different versions you could get. 
uh, a routinely strong performer. The first issue was released in uh, May 2019 and was ranked number one in comic book sales for that period. Uh, yeah, so I was right. Mm-hmm. Issue two sold strongly, coming in at number two. Issue three dipped a bit, selling 132,000. 132,000 copies. That's a lot of fucking comic <laughs> books of in comic. this day and age. Yeah. Uh, with a further decrease in August for issue four, and it went down to 120,000 copies. I Which mean, that's, a, that's still good. That's still really good. And honestly, at that point, a lot of people, by issue number two, a lot of people that I know that are huge fans of the series basically said they started pulling back on buying buying the series itself because they were going to wait till the trade paperback to see the complete story because that's how good it was. Yeah. And a lot of the sales that you're seeing in there are from the variants. Yep. They're from the variant sales where basically the really, we were raped. Yeah. The really hardcore fans like the willing though. Can you rape the woman? Because we were like, we were, we gladly, We gladly <laughs> dropped down and grabbed her ankle. So yes, please sell me seven of the same issue, please. Thank you. Thank you, sir. And, and thank you for making it beautiful and gallery worthy. I'm not going to say it wasn't a good raping because maybe, maybe we should extend the raping word. It was a good fucking <laughs> was a because good. those variant covers were fucking top notch. And it, it doesn't, a, it was a substantial lovemaking. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> So this is what Tom Taylor does best. Typically, this big stuff is not my cup of tea when it comes to comics. I do enjoy it, but I'm more drawn to the smaller scale stories, more detailed books like the classic Hellblazer. But Tom Taylor is very good at what he does. It's his brand that he's managed to, you know, monetize. It's he's doing a great job. And after his work on the deceased one shot, a good day to die. I liked his take on Constantine, and this is why we are continuing to cover his work for the time being, as long as he's continuing to dip his toes in the John Constantine water. In just a single one shot, you and I gushed over it. I mean, he displayed his comprehension of the character in a way that a lot of writers don't get. I mean, we had an entire Rebirth run, and maybe out of 24, I believe there's 24 issues in Rebirth. Yes. Maybe two or three issues really captured Constantine, in my opinion, whereas here, uh, in the deceased one-shot, A Good Day to Die, he manages in, in, a, in a few pages to really show the reader that he does understand Constantine. Obviously, the folks over at DC have complete faith in his ability to push forward the Constantine mythos because he's also been hired on to do a miniseries, Hellblazer Rise and Fall, starting, I believe, in September. So, And so many people, so many fans are really anticipating that because while we have the big writers like Capullo and Snyder working on like the main events. Yeah. There's been actually a call to see it. Why can't Tom Taylor actually take a main event? Main event. I would. Comic call, book would series. you call this a main event, though? I mean, this is an entire main thing. event. Main event. When it comes to the actual DC, like the main, the continuity. main universe. Yeah. They, everyone's the like going. Universe, yeah, now. the main universe. They should let Tom Taylor take a take a a huge a uh, huge title. We'll and see I have to he, agree. 
we'll after see. everything he's done in DC and then in Justice, I'm like, going, why aren't they giving Tough more yeah. work? Well, okay, I I'll be honest with you. I'm not an avid fan of Tom Taylor. I'm not. I feel like he does great work with what he's given and what he's and what he does. But I will say I'm slowly becoming a fan because of John Constantine. For me, it all comes down to John Constantine. He's really the only reason why I started even paying attention to Tom Taylor. And I've slowly realized that the guy is a very capable writer. And as I said, the way the one shot ended there were big allusions to some grand part that John had to play with the future of mankind in the deceased timeline or deceased universe, deceased continuity. And of course he doesn't have to worry about the intricacies of the main continuity with the series. And we can just have fun. Absolutely. But just because you're having fun doesn't mean you don't want to stay true to the characterizations of our heroes. And that's something that Taylor has yet again in this issue Manage to show that he has an understanding and respect for, and that that just makes the upcoming ser- uh, series that he's going to do for Hellblazer really, really intriguing. Well, it's Dave, kind of like I'm I'm so excited for it, but also I'm excited. You, I'm hesitant. <laughs> I'm hesitant because I'm like going, okay, when is Tom Taylor going to drop the ball? Because everyone does it. <laughs> well, I, I feel like we're going to this issue is going to weigh a lot of pros and cons yes. as we discuss Constantine's aspect in the first issue of deceased dead planet. There's an argument to be made that he may do a fine job. Oh yeah. And honestly that his run on Hellblazer rise and fall that miniseries there will honestly be my, the deciding factor for me, whether or not I will call myself a fan of Tom Taylor if he delivers a Hellblazer story that's worthy of John Constantine, then I listen. Then he has just earned himself another fan, a avid, a avid because, follower. Because I wouldn't call myself a fan as of yet. I enjoy his work, but I'm not going out buying everything he does yes. like I do with Cy Spurrier. Yeah. So we'll see. Now, this story takes place in an alternative Earth where a corrupted version of the anti-life equation has infected most of Earth's inhabitants with a zombie-like virus. Lois Lane acts as the series narrator, detailing how the events took place over the course of a few weeks. And this, of course, is the setup of Deceased as a whole. And it's fun. The, 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 The layout that they put down as the foundation allows you to take some risk and explore the unexplored because this is an alternative earth. Again, not having to worry about the main continuity. You can have some fun. And that's where Tom Taylor has really found his niche in these storylines that don't require adherence to continuity. And it's given him a leg up, you know, in the world of comic books with fans, because a lot of fans can just crack open a comic and not worry about the baggage that continuity brings brings yeah. you can just open up a comic book and be swept up in the story immediately and not not worrying that you don't quite understand where everyone fits in if you know the basics of superman you know the basics of batman you know the basics of of whatever character you're 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 drawn to you can enjoy the story and he did the same thing in dead planet number one taking those risks Now, the synopsis for Dead Planet number one, set five years after the original miniseries, 
Dead Planet follows the new Justice League as they return to an Earth now overrun with the anti-living in search of Cyborg. Who's just ahead, by the way. <laughs> I laughed out loud. Oh, yeah. I, I lulled a few times. Especially when you get get to that point, you you realize that Cyborg's still alive. I did. I, I, I've never liked Cyborg. And when we saw Wonder Woman rip his head off, I just laughed. You were clapping, weren't I, you? A little bit. <laughs> then when his head is in the ground for like five years, You're I'm just like, ah, you suck. <laughs> You suck. <laughs> so, in search of Cyborg, who managed to activate a distress beacon in his head, secretly installed by Batman, to transmit a message in Morse code. As a group of heroes return to Earth to respond to the signal, they are attacked by Wonder Woman, who kills Green Arrow before Jonathan can talk with Cyborg and confirm that there is a cure for the infection. All right, so things start in the Oblivion Bar. Where that, that says it all is like, think about the synopsis. We're supposed to follow the, the young, the new Justice League, right? You're right. But you start in the Oblivion Bar with Constantine. Well, it's a good balance of optimism and just sheer pessimistic That's, depression. Yes. <laughs> oh my God, dude. And where you find him, and I'm like, yeah, this is. This is what I expect out of Constantine. Yeah, right. <laughs> Things start in the Oblivion Bar. John Constantine is doing what, honestly, John Constantine does best. Brooding and drinking alone. Yeah. And think about that, dude. The last time we saw John Constantine in this universe, he basically made the statement, no, I am staying here on this planet. And he refused to leave with Dr. Fate and Zatanna. Did it? No, I think he ended up going with him. No, he, he, he decided to stay. Because Are you talking about another issue? Yeah, and another issue. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, okay. I he decided he decided to stay on the planet to to try to figure something out. And I'm like, like, yeah, this is where I expect John in five years. What is he going to do? He's going to be brooding all yeah. the time because he's not. That's not his mo. Yeah, <laughs> it was good seeing him in the Oblivion Bar. That alone for me made the four ninety nine purchase worth it for me. <laughs> I was like, you earned my money. Thank you for having an intro like that. That's so fitting of John Constantine. As I said, I'm very critical and nitpicky when it comes to new writers tackling John Constantine. Many people think they have a clue. Like, I can do this, but they don't. I strongly believe, Dave, and this might be a little over the top, but I strongly believe that it takes a truly empathic writer to deliver the goods when it comes to a character like this. Yes. There's so much baggage that makes up the mythos of John, and you have to understand his past and the decisions he's made to form a decent story for, for this character. Yeah. And if you can't get in the mind of a character like this, then you'll never do a John Constantine story just. And the way it was introduced, the way John Constantine was introduced in the opening pages of Dead Planet number one I was very happy with Taylor's work yeah. because 90% of John Constantine, or I should say 90% <laughs> of a John Constantine story is internal. Yes. And I will say we don't have enough from Taylor yet to say he's nailed it quite yet, but I like what I've seen so far. Just looking at the one shot, making him the last man on earth, the yes. last hope, last hope. 
Listen, the last thing John wants to be is the last man on earth, right? <laughs> or anyone's hope. Exactly. Call it a form of self-loathing, a responsibility he doesn't want because of the way he values himself or lack of. I mean, I can do an entire thesis on, on the why. Yeah. On the why he does not want to be the last hope <laughs> or the last man on earth. Because like, and also he's so self-defeating. And that's the that's one of the core elements of of Constantine is kind of like in two essentially it was like two pages of John Constantine to to establish the beginning of this story and in two pages Taylor's able to actually get get his characteristic down and we as Constantine fans are like going yeah this is this is what we expected John to do in five years. just to brood and like but you but five years and he's just he's just in the oblivion bar i don't don't know about you but also tom taylor was for me at the end of that Mm -hmm. you kind of get this sense of foreboding that john does have a plan because when he tells oh don't worry z i'm never alone and suddenly you see ghosts yeah of the other of the people that died in in that one shot yeah. And I'm like going, what did John do? I, I, <laughs> I don't know if that was just more of like, I think it's a way to contextualize the subtext of what, you know, I don't, I well, know. That's the, that's the beautiful part about that scene is yeah. like, you can interpret it any way you want. Right. But it gives you this sense of tension that John, John's going to do something. Right. However, however you, you, however you panhandle, whatever you, how you look at it and interpret that scene. Right. right. John, exactly. it, you still get the sense of the point is clear. Dread. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially when it comes to Constantine, you get the sense of dread. Like it's like, oh no, what is John going to do? Or what did he do within five years? Because that's when it dawns on, it dawned on me as a writer or, or as a reader. Okay. Five years have passed. And John, last time we saw, decided to stay on earth. Because he didn't want to leave with Dr. Fate and Zatanna for some strange reason. Because he he didn't want to give up hope. He likes to wallow. He, he wants likes to, wallow. to be in it. And when we take a look at what Taylor did in these opening pages, establishing a bit of his own mythos for John. John. Let's go back to, for a second, the deceased one shot. Establishing a bit of his own mythos for John. Putting him in a scenario we ha- where he had to kill his best friend, Chaz. Yes. And in this issue, he's drinking at the Oblivion Bar with the ashes, ashes of, of Chaz. Of Chaz. And I'm like, going, that's Chaz is pissed. <laughs> Poor Chaz. Poor Chaz. Poor Constantine. Chaz is dead. <laughs> I mean, that just shows you the mindset of Constantine. Talk about a defeated mentality of just morbid proportions. It's all a reflection of how he sees himself. He blames himself, even though he's not the cause of any uh, of what's really going on. But just listening to this conundrum going, no, 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 backtrack. Just listen to this conundrum going on in his head. He's got survivor's guilt for surviving because he's not the kind of guy that would sacrifice himself. And because of that, he survived. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I mean, how convoluted is that? And yet it makes perfect sense when it comes to Constantine. And those moments, the fact that he hates himself for it, and he's so at conflict with himself, it's fucking perfect. And this is why I am slowly becoming a fan of Taylor. Yeah. 
And as I said at the top of the show, there'll be pros and cons. We're going to weigh the, the what's good about Constantine. What does Taylor do that's great with Constantine? What, what can we use as a piece of evidence to show that his Hellblazer miniseries is going to be fantastic? And there's moments like this that show the reader and John Constantine fans that he does understand it. He gets it. He gets it. And like, I, my favorite part was actually seeing just like what you alluded to finding out that he spent, uh, it says here, uh, he spent his days searching for the living among the undead and spent his nights drinking with the ashes of his best friend. Yeah, and having like a, a drink with a shoebox of remains and the ghosts <laughs> of his past. How messed up is it's that? It's so perfectly characterized. And Taylor, Taylor's doing a really good job to the point that his version of Constantine is really awesome. It is. Because I, he takes, I like it. Like I said, we haven't had enough. But the moments we're getting so far, I got to say, good job, Taylor. Because he takes he takes the id of John and ramps it up to like 11, right? Like we all know John's really self-defeating and hates himself, but fine. We're going to make him just like what you said, deal with survivor's guilt. We're going to add on to that. And then we're going to just ramp up his, his self-hatred for himself from 10 where it was already perfect to 11. Yeah. And just take that extra step. I think it's (laughs) funny how Taylor shows how cognizant he is. Of his issues. Of his issues. You know, the whole survivor's guild aspect and not wanting to be the last person alive. He's not the kind of guy to sacrifice himself. The fact that all of this is being stated and it's all internalized. It shows us just how aware he is as a person, Mm -hmm. which makes him that much more interesting. John Constantine. Because he's not some pe- so many. There are a lot of people out there who do bad things, make stupid mistakes, and they're just oblivious because they're stupid. They're moronic. They're yeah. not in touch with their feelings or themselves. Whereas John, he completely understands himself. He understands what he does. He understands why he does it, and he understands why he feels the way he does. It's great. It's great. It's good. It makes a more complicated, interesting character. Yeah. Although I will say I am so worried what's going to happen to Zatanna at this point. Because let's face it. he Tom Taylor understands John. <laughs> Which means what? Zatanna's got to go bye-bye Zatanna's for him to be more die. depressed? Oh, yeah, come on. Because John, something's bad's going to happen because everyone around John died. <laughs> so it's not, No, don't say so, that. Zatanna's so Zatanna's right there. I'm like going, uh, how is she going to go? Come on, Dave. Calm down. <laughs> she is going to get into a scissoring match with Wonder Woman. With, I don't know. Well, that's how she dies. <laughs> that's how she <laughs> All right, so the cover art and the variants that accompany Taylor's work does not disappoint. No. As we had mentioned at the beginning of the show, there's two covers for this specific issue. And I believe as each subsequent issue is released, there will be two issues. There'll be the standard cover and the variant. Yes. And as you mentioned, because I'm a loser... I bought the standard version as well as the variant, as well as a digital copy because I didn't want to touch with my greasy, grubby hands. (laughs) So three versions. So 
Oh, thank you, Tom Taylor. <laughs> or I'm sorry, you're welcome. Tom <laughs> you're Taylor. welcome. Yeah, so the variant cover is fantastic. When they first dropped the variant covers on us, I immediately pre-ordered it. I did not want to lose out because if you lost out on the early variants of the main deceased title last year. Oh, we've discussed about it. You're looking at like $27. Oh, more now though, dude. Well, more now, but even if you were like two weeks late. Ten times the the going cover price. Mm -hmm. So I was not about to let this happen when it comes to a John Constantine cover. And what you get is a homage to Blade Runner. Yes. It is a beautiful cover. I am looking diligently currently online for a blown up poster of this cover because I will be putting this up on the wall in the studio. It's fantastic. It's a really cool. It's a really cool cover. And then who did the art on that? Uh, The one that did the art on that. Let me see. Look that up. And then the standard cover has Superman, Swamp Thing, Batman, Constantine, and Wonder Woman, the new Wonder Woman, all on the cover. So I had to buy that one as well. If it didn't have Constantine on it and Swamp Thing, I probably wouldn't have bothered. But hey, you put Swamp Thing and Constantine on there and you got yourself a buyer. The cover work or the cover art is amazing. The artwork within the pages as well is fantastic as as expected. Uh, Taylor usually collaborates with some pretty talented artists, and that's no different with deceased dead planet number one. You get the artist. I'm trying to find it. I can't find it right now. There it is. Ben Oliver. He did the. Variant cover for number one. Yeah. Ben Oliver's movie variant. Which dude, I was so excited when I got this because to get these variant covers is really tough. And if you don't get it from day one or even good luck, good luck, because as soon as I went to go get it, because I got lucky and went into the comic shop the day of deceased dead planet one came out. There were only three copies left that I had. So I grabbed one for myself and right as soon as I called me up, well, buddy, unfortunately, as soon as I grabbed one, the two remaining were gone. And one of my friends at the comic shop said he ordered 50 copies of that. And they all went in that morning. Jesus. (laughs) That's how fast those variant covers go. That's crazy. And I can't, I can't wait for the next variant cover because there people have been asking like, what's the next one? Who, what could be the, uh, I already pre-ordered two? them. Yeah. I, I, I had to, you have to, I, I didn't want to lose out this time, <laughs> but Dave, I, I was reading some articles and there, there are some naysayers out there. It just kind of makes me a, a little upset that, you know, a lot of the blogs are, talking trash about the deceased variants saying that, Oh, another oversized overpriced miniseries by Tom Taylor here buy your 15 covers. Okay. So you're disgruntled about that. Then don't buy it. <laughs> don't buy it. Like no one's asking you to buy it. They're not forcing you to buy 15 covers, but the fans out there that are interested in getting those covers Listen, they wouldn't put out 15 covers if, if there wasn't a market for it. Yeah. If there's no want, then 
they're not going to make it. So what are you complaining about? There's I read seven different blogs this past week about the overpriced deceased sequel and how we don't need it and how the covers are ridiculous. Why do we need a specialized variant for every single cover? And then they talked about the, the, the following week, how the rates quadruple and how it's a racket. And I'm like, I don't think it's a racket. It's no different than the old good old baseball card days, you know, of the 90s and 80s. Well, it, it's basically. I, mean, I, get, I don't listen. I don't like being taken advantage of, but I feel like if you're making a product that I want to buy, guess what? I'm not being taken advantage of. Yeah. If you're making a product and it's $15 and making it so exclusive that people can't afford it, then that's different. No one's telling you to buy 15 covers. Exactly. And especially since everyone's everyone's saying that, oh, look at all the multiple it's covers. Four ninety nine. It's five bucks. Yeah, and it's when you compare it to everybody else, deceased is not that bad. It's not as bad as people say. Well, is it, they, isn't Marvel X Men like eight bucks? Yeah, <laughs> like the new Marvel X Men run wasn't it like close to eight dollars? Yeah, it's about eight dollars a book. And that's not even talking about the variants. But it's Marvel, Dave, and they get a pass on everything for some reason when it comes to the media. And also, a lot of times... Oh, look, a $25 cover. Oh, it's okay. It's Marvel. Ha, 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 ha. (laughs) And when people basically say that don't give this due, it, it goes into like what I was saying is why isn't Tom Taylor working on other books? Because everyone who reads comics religiously knows of Tom Taylor's works outside of like DC. He's done fantastic work on injustice. As we said, he's done fantastic work in all new Wolverine back then. He did some star Wars books and people just basically shit all over DC because they just look at it and say, oh, it's just a cash in for zombies. That's it. Without actually taking a look at the story within. And it goes with every single part of his works that he's done. That's why I, that's why I'm in one, uh, I made the statement at the beginning of the show that Tom Taylor deserves to actually take the reins of a major of a major storyline just to prove all his naysayers and say, hey, I'm not just a one trick pony. This uh, this is what you guys have been missing out on because you don't give my series enough credit. I think there's a lot going on, and I don't want to get off subject too much, but I, I don't think Taylor's a bad writer. I think he's a good writer. He's yeah. just not – his writing is just not my – the type of thing that I normally go out and run and buy. Yeah. But he's not a bad writer. But he's not a bad what writer. What he does, he does just fine. I mean, we broke down to cease number one, and we talked about how smart it was and how it was a social statement about what cell phones and communication. Is that what we talked about? I can't remember yeah. now. Yeah, it was about it, social media. Yeah, it's, I have to go back because I don't remember. I have a horrible memory this past year because we're reading so much. But we, I, if I remember correctly, yeah, there was a social statement involved. So he is a bit introspective. He's a, 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 a capable writer. And I feel like he's just getting better as the years go by. So I am looking forward to seeing what else he does, especially when it comes to John Constantine. I will buy every issue. We will be covering each subsequent issue as they come out. Um, Well, no, not as they come out. We may have to wait and not cover them as they come out. It just depends on our schedule and if there are too many conflicts. But this does take us to the end of our show. Quickly, Dave, RMD score. 
RMD score for deceased number one, I give it a solid 89. It does a fantastic job setting the table. It makes me question what's going to happen next. We didn't really go into full details about what the, what happens in the story. The John stuff is fantastic, but everything else also is really intriguing. The highlight in the book that is my number one moment has to be the fact that for five years, Superman has been eating the sun. And that means that basically that just opens up the gambit in this universe. What the hell is Superman doing in the middle of the the sun trying to siphon all the red energy into himself? All right, Dave. So 89%? 89%. Okay. I give this a 87%. It's a solid first step into an ongoing saga of epic proportions. Um, we didn't get into all the intricacies of the other characters just because this is the house of mystery, this is the house of mystery, but there is a good story going on. There are a lot of interesting aspects. We'll be back with another future discussion. Thank you, David. Thank you. My name is John Constantine. I'm the one who steps from the shadows, all trench coat and arrogance. I'll drive your demons away, kick them in the bollocks and spit on them when they're down. Leaving only a nod and a wink and a wisecrack. I'll walk my path alone, because let's be honest, who'd be crazy enough to walk it with me?